You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael and I will be talking about the importance of knowing your big why. Your big why is what drives you to succeed, and it's what keeps you going when you face challenges. That's up a bit in our Business Builder, so stay tuned. But first up, it's our success interview. And I'm really excited. Today we're going to be talking with Executive Presence and Leadership Coach, Amy Throw. Effective leadership is essential for success in today's fast-moving business environment. And Amy wants her clients to walk into a boardroom or client meeting and be perceived as strategic, focused, and engaged leaders. I can't wait to hear her insights and strategies. I know she's got a lot to share. Welcome, Amy. Hello, Janelle. I'm excited for our conversation today, and I think there's so much that our listeners are going to be able to take away from this. But before we get started, I would love to ask you to share just a little bit about yourself, your business, how it started, and how it's evolved over time. Yeah, thanks for asking. Well, I've got a background both in corporate America, I've worked in global companies, I've worked in small family-owned businesses. I've worked in mid-sized businesses. And then I've also been an entrepreneur for 16 years. And my current business, Coaching Women Executives and Entrepreneurs, really was birthed out of all the things that I've learned and failed at over my years in business and as an entrepreneur. And a real desire to help women not only develop executive presence from the inside out, not just the outside in, but also to help them navigate the the challenges that come with leading others. Mm. It's interesting because you talk about what you learned and failed at, and I think that's something that is really important for people to understand that failures can be great lessons that adds so much value in the process. Absolutely. And, you know, um, (laughs) it's easy for people to say that, and we know it in our heads, but when you're going through it, it's certainly hard to see that. Um, I think some of my biggest lessons in leadership and in leadership failures came during the time 
When I was an entrepreneur, I, I was a brand ambassador for a L.A.-based fashion house, growing my own business uh, as an image stylist and consultant, selling a product line. And I was very, very successful in sales. I was one of the top salespeople for about 12 years running. And wow. that was my strength. But along with this business, I also had an opportunity to invite other women to start their own businesses in this arena, and I was instantly a leader. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest challenge for me initially, especially being in sales, was that that was my strength area. That was my genius zone. And so trying to help other women as entrepreneurs who weren't necessarily as passionate or practiced or skilled in sales, as a leader, for the first couple of years, I really had a hard time understanding why they just couldn't go out and do it. <laughs> and I think that was a big block and a, and, and a failure initially because I didn't, I didn't really take as much time then as I would now to get to know them as people, to get to understand mm -hmm. what motivates them, what blocks them, what's unique about them that they can bring to their business, but also what are the mental hurdles that they face. And um, once I learned that and I realized that, that that was just a blind spot for me, then I, I pivoted and I got very strategic and intentional for a couple of years on just trying to develop relationships with these people that I was leading and really mm -hmm. get to know them. And from there, I was able to help them strategically in a way that was meaningful to them. And I also developed friendships with them. And so when I did give them advice or direction later on, they received it in a lot different way because they knew that I cared about them as people. So mm -hmm. I would say that was probably one of the biggest, one of the biggest failures uh, in my early leadership days that really has become a lifelong lesson, and it impacts everything I do to this day. It's an interesting lesson, and I think that a lot of leaders get into that role because they've done some things really well, and then they take on that responsibility. And it's not necessarily intuitive. What got you there won't necessarily get you to where you want to go. And I think it's important to take that step back and say, okay, what do I do really well? What do I need to learn? And you mentioned the word intentional. That word keeps popping up for me everywhere in being really intentional in my actions, in my focus. And you also talked about the mental piece of it. And I think a big part of it, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, is mindset. And so I'd love to ask you, because I know you're um, John Maxwell certified, how has that process helped you in developing your expertise and your um, kind of your strengths. Yeah, thanks for asking. I, I agree with you completely. And it's funny, I have some notes <laughs> of 
things that I was thinking about in response to getting prepared for this interview. And the one line that I have that sticks out to me and is so, um, I use it with every single one of my clients is what got you here won't get you there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, in terms of the John Maxwell, I, I decided to get John Maxwell certified because I had used a lot of John Maxwell materials both in leadership and in personal growth over the course of my journey as an entrepreneur and found them to be very truthful, authentic, practical, applicable, and meaningful. And I saw that with the people that I was leading. So that's why I chose to go that route for certification. You know, there's so many different certification mm -hmm. programs out there. That's why I selected this one. Um, and how that's impacted me, I think what it's done is it's just deepened my conviction and belief around the power of relationships. Because when you're a leader, you're not managing tasks. You're not managing data. You're, you're leading human beings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, until you really believe that and you understand that there's always, there's always so much going on within the person that you're leading and in their lives, that impacts mm -hmm. their performance. That there, once you yeah. understand that, you can really dig below the surface, and I think you're a better leader because you can come and you can support them when they need support. You can mm -hmm. cheer them on when they, they need to be cheered. Sometimes you need to give them a kick in the pants, but people and, and human beings that you lead in corporate America or in, in your business, it's almost like parenting. You have to know each person as a unique individual, and then you can lead them best in a way that's most meaningful to them. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And I think, it's, I think it's important as a leader to look at how you influence others and how you can give them tasks and things to do. One of the, the things for me is it's so easy for me to do a lot of different things, but I'm really trying to focus, as Sandra Yancey says, on the things that only I can do. Just because I can do it doesn't mean I should be doing it, and I think that's a lesson a lot of entrepreneurs can, can follow. But I was giving someone a, a task the other day, and she's a real creative, and I wanted her to make, you know, feel like she's using that um, expertise. So I told her what I wanted the end result to be, but I said I wasn't wedded to how it got done. And she came up with something that I thought was like really amazing, totally different way than I would have said to do it. But it, it actually, I think, gave a lot of clarity to what needed to be done. And what I'm learning is if you're really clear on what you're looking for, then the, the how, we just have to trust that we've got the right people helping us and not worry so much about the how and let things fall into place. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. I think that in your example, what I hear you saying is that you set some really clear boundaries and expectations with her of what you wanted the end result to deliver. 
-hmm. But within those boundaries and expectations, you gave her freedom to get there in a way that worked best for her. Mm -hmm. And as a result, she probably felt really empowered by the fact that you gave her that freedom. She felt encouraged by the fact that you trusted her as the expert, the creative expert. Mm -hmm. And my guess is not only did she enjoy the creative process, but she probably worked even harder to please you and to get to the end result you were looking for because she knew you supported her and believed in her. Am I right? I, absolutely. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I love the way that you kind of broke that whole thing down. Uh, so so I, I would ask, because I've got a lot of um, entrepreneurs and solopreneurs that, that listen to, to our show, and they may be saying, I don't, I don't have employees, I, so I'm not leading. I still believe that they're a leader and would love your thoughts on that. What would you say to them? Oh, I would say A number one, whether you're a solopreneur and always will be or you're leading a team of a thousand, the most important person that you have to lead is yourself. Mm. And I think that's even more challenging as a, as a solo entrepreneur, which I've been for 16 years, because mm-hmm. you don't have anybody to report to. You don't have anybody giving you performance reviews. And you have to get up every morning. You have to check your mindset to make sure that you've got control of all those doubtful thoughts that might be coming up, the negative thoughts, the defeatist thoughts, the how am I going to do this thoughts, you're responsible for leading yourself. And that is, I think, one of the most challenging parts of being an entrepreneur is that, you know, (laughs) at the beginning of the day, in the middle of the day, at the end of the day, the only person that you have to basically report to and that you're responsible for is yourself. Yeah. No, there goes that mindset again. It, you know, it's, it keeps popping up in everything we do, and I think people underestimate how much it influences what you do, how you do it, and the results you get. Absolutely. I think it's been my experience that probably 85 to 90% of the entrepreneurs I encounter and Mm -hmm. have over the years, they don't even think about mindset. And it is the, it's like the computer software of of your business. And if you're not aware of what what that software program is that's always running, Mm -hmm. that's always running in the background, you're not going to be able to, to lead yourself and to grow your business as much as you can if you are aware of that and you're choosing what the software program is doing. That's how I look at it. I love that visual because I'm a, I'm a real visual person, so thank you for sharing that. We need sure. to take a real quick break. I can't believe how fast our conversation is going. And when we come back, I'd love to have you share a little bit about, um, I know you've got something called um, full circle seven, and I'd love to have you talk just a little bit about that. that It intrigues me. So we'll be right back 
You don't want to miss it. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today on our success interview, we're talking with Amy Throw. Amy is a leadership and executive coach, and I love the fact that she really helps people learn to be strategic, focused, and engaged when they're interacting and they're leading others. On the break, Amy and I were actually talking about sales. So we're going to take just a little bit of a detour, but I think all of our listeners are going to love this. Because I know, Amy, you've got a real strong background in sales. And as we were talking, you know, people love, they got into business because they love and they're passionate about a topic or helping people, but they really don't know how to sell and they really struggle with the conversation. So how would you help them either get started or give them some advice that could really change their success? Yeah, Janelle, thanks for asking. You know, I'm really passionate about sales, and the first thing I want to say, say is that sales is not a bad word. And I think over the course of decades as the American economy has grown and flourished, a lot of people have a negative connotation about sales because maybe they had a bad experience buying a car or something. And, you know, sales really is the process of getting to know the person that could become your client to understand their problems, challenges, and needs, and then to see if you have the solution. And if you do have the solution, then it's the process of helping them understand that you can really help them. So it's not trying to push something on people. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important because if we as the entrepreneur are think of sales, again, we're talking about the mindset. If somewhere in mm-hmm. our thinking we think that sales is a bad word, then we're never going to be good at it and <laughs> we're always going to be embarrassed. So if you look at it as the process of really helping your, your, your possible client, I think that helps and that's freeing. And then, you know, it's, it's all about developing a relationship. And so I would encourage people, especially if they're not, if they don't feel that they're so good at sales, is think of a couple things. You know, when you're starting a conversation with a, a prospect, be curious. Be curious about them. You need to be focused on being interested, interested in them, not mm-hmm. interesting. So that's number one. Be interested in them, not interesting. Mm-hmm. Number two, you have to set aside any agenda that you may have, and you really have to focus on being present and listening in the moment. Mm. And I agree. I take, I take notes, and I ask them, you know, do you mind if I take some notes? I want to make sure that I'm really understanding you. And then once you have really gotten curious and you're interested and you are listening well, then you can dig a little bit deeper to find out about their problems. And after you've gone through that process and you've clarified to make sure that you're understanding their biggest needs, then and only then, have you earned the right to enter into a conversation about how you and your services might be able to help them solve their problem? Mm-hmm. I really like that. And, you know, when you're talking about, because I have this conversation with people all the time about really being present and listening, and people say, but I've got to be thinking about what I'm going to say because what if I can't answer their question? I tell people, and I've never had it fail me once I learned to trust it, is that if you really do listen to what they're saying, you have a more genuine, authentic conversation because you can really tie it to something that helps be, you know, and build the relationship that you really want to create with them. It's not just a response. It's actually an engaged conversation. You can find common ground. You can find, you know, some way that you can help them. You don't have to know what you're going to say next. You've got to trust that you've got the knowledge to be able to carry on a conversation. And if you can't, you can always say, that's a great question. Let me get back to you on that. I need to do a little bit of research, but let me get back to you. I promise I will. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And since you're a visual person, I, I liken this this whole process to, it's almost like uh, when I was younger, I played the piano. And in order to do really well at my piano recitals, I had to practice and practice and practice. And then once I got to the recital, I had to be present and let go. And mm-hmm. all of that practice was in my muscles. It was in my cells. My body knew it. And it comes, it arrives when you need it. And so if you... You've created your business if you're an entrepreneur. You know your Mm -hmm. business inside and out. You know what you can do. And so all of that knowledge is going to come to the surface when you need it, when you have been listening well. And it's going to be even better and more meaningful. And I can tell you the number of people who are really good 
at being present and listening well is about 1% of the population. And your prospects, they're going to know that you're different. Just by the way you handle that conversation is going to set you apart. Mm. That's actually really powerful. So I'm going to challenge all of our listeners to really trust the process and to be really present when they're having a conversation and, you know, trust that they're going to have the right information at the right time. Absolutely. And you know what? Thank you. Sometimes you may find that you're not the right person for them. And you will be doing them such a service and earning their trust and respect if after that conversation you discover that you may not be the best person for them. If you say, you know, after getting to know you and hearing about your needs, I would love to help you, but I don't know that I'm the best person for this. Let me refer you to somebody who might be. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you you are going to earn their respect, and they're going to be calling you six months down the road or a year down the road when you are the right person. Right. I, I, absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. I absolutely um, – people, again, just need to trust that, that's, that it does work. I think people are so focused on, you know, getting the sale that they work so hard that they actually don't get it. So – Trust the process. You gave them some great advice, and I'm going to just invite people to go back and, and listen to that again because there was some, some great advice. So what would – I want to spend just a couple minutes and talk about your um, Full Circle 7, and I'd love to have you kind of tie that back if you can to how, how some of those can help you be strategic, focused, and engaged when you're going into a meeting, whether it's in a corporate setting or with other business owners? Because I think that people go in and they're not real confident in what they're doing, and they're all over the place, and I think it would help their, you know, actually help them move more, you know, forward in their business if they really had the right, um, go back to mindset. Yeah, I'd love to share. Well, there are seven pillars in, in, I call them levers, in the executive presence model. And it's based upon my belief that executive presence isn't just what you do and how you show up, but it's who you are. And so to your, to your question about how can this help people be strategic, focused, and engaged when they go into meetings and presentations, I think I'd like to land on um, three of the pillars. One is authenticity. And I believe mm-hmm that if you as the business owner, the entrepreneur, have taken the time to really truly understand who you are, what your natural gifts, strengths, and abilities are, whether it's doing the strengths finders or DISC, there's lots of different assessments out there, but if you know who you are, what you're really good at, I call them your genius zones, Mm -hmm. and all the experience that you bring to the table, that makes you grounded and you are so confident because it's based upon the truth of who you are. So that confidence then helps you be engaged because like we were talking about earlier, if you know who you are and you know what you offer, you can then be free to listen well and be engaged. If you're doing a presentation, you can field questions. You don't have to be nervous. 
and you can then respond in a way that's most meaningful to the prospect. It also helps you be focused because mm-hmm. you're focused. If you're not, if you're freed in confidence in yourself, it frees you to focus on the prospect's needs. And then strategic, you know, part of the model is being, uh, have social intelligence and emotional intelligence. And if you are focused on your audience, whether it's one or a hundred, whether it's on the phone or on a webinar or in an in-person call, if you are reading the cues and reading, reading your audience, it helps you be strategic and responding in the moment to who they are and what their needs mm-hmm. are. And then staying on brand, you know, you have to know who you are and what you're offering. You have to mm-hmm. show up that way and communicate that way. I think people forget with brand that it's not just their website. It's really who they are and, as you say, how they show up. I think they, they focus more on what their web pages look like and what their marketing message looks like, but they forget that they're a key piece to the brand also. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I see the, the website as that's just an outflow of who you are and what your brand is, that's what people see on first impression. But your brand is everything from how you think, it's how you look, it's how you show up energetically. You know, do you Mm -hmm. show up to a meeting prepared, on time or early, ready to share and ready to serve? Or do you show up flustered and late and focused on yourself, you know, all of those things compose brand. It's, mm-hmm. how, it's decorum. How do you interact with people in all situations, whether you're in a meeting or not? Mm-hmm. You always have to be on brand all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I wish we had um, more time to go into this in more depth, but um, I want our listeners to know that you've got a great explanation and graphic of um, the Full Circle 7 on your website. So why don't you go ahead and um, share with our listeners how they can connect with you and learn more. Yeah, thank you so much. You can find me and the Full Circle 7 program on my website, which is amythrow.com, A-M-Y-T-H-R-O-W.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram under the Amy Throw Group. And you can email Perfect. me at info at amythrow.com. Perfect. And I encourage everyone to go check that out. It's um, got the seven, seven pieces and the seven le- levers, and it talks about each of them, so you can learn more about that. So I love to, our conversation has gone way too fast, Amy. I wish we could have another hour to, to go in deeper. But Me too. Would you, would you share just one piece of advice or one thing that our listeners can do that would help move them forward in building and growing their business? Yes, I think the, the, the most important thing is to take baby steps. Get good at one mm. thing. Do it well. Provide excellent service. Learn your craft. 
And then once you've really mastered that, then you can add something new. But I think the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs make is they fall into the, I have to do all of this all the time to grow a business. I have to do Facebook. I have to do Instagram. I have to do LinkedIn. I have to do Insta Stories. And you're going to water down all of your efforts, and your audience isn't going to know where to find you or what you're really about. So Mm -hmm. just get good at one thing. Stay in one lane until you've mastered it. And Mm -hmm. then go up another rung on the ladder and add something new. That is excellent advice. I think oftentimes entrepreneurs get that shiny object syndrome, and they're doing – they try to be all things to all people, and I think the more focused you get, actually the more effective you can be when you do it. So that's excellent advice. Thank you so much for all of your sharing and excellent information, and I love the piece on sale. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's really been a pleasure. We need to take another real quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder. So stay tuned. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. As always, I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're talking about the importance of knowing your big why. I'm really excited to have this conversation today, Michael, because I think a lot of people say when I'm talking to them in conversation, they know their why, but we know that really understanding your quote unquote big why is really important and it's not necessarily just knowing why you do things. What do you think? Can you tell a little bit more about it? 
Well, absolutely. I think it's fundamental to really understanding, you know, why you actually do what you do. I mean, it's really your big why is is really what drives you forward. It's the reason you're in business. Um, it really underlies everything. And, um, you know, you can ask yourself those kinds of questions. Why did you start this business and not some other business? You know, how did you get into this? Um, what really is exciting about it or what really really gets you going or gets you passionate. Another component of the big why is is what's what do you really care about? Do you care about um, your family, your legacy, your money? You know, sort of what is it that really underlies everything that you do? And once you know what that is, once you know your big why, it helps you to stay focused in both your business and your personal life. Um, when you know your big why, it's really easy to focus on the things that help you achieve that. You know, there's so many things that you can do each day. Um, there's so many distractions we all have. And if you know your big why, it really helps you separate out those things that are essential to do and those things that are not. Um, you know, the question you ask is, it, is this driving towards my big why? Is this supporting my big why? And if it's not, then you really have to question why, you know, why you're doing it. You know, it isn't always easy to determine what your big why is. Often people start with, well, it's more money or it's financial independence or something like that. And those are okay, you know, but in my experience, and I, I think you would agree, they're rarely the actual big why. They're really the underlying reason that you're in business, that you do what it, you do. Um, you have to ask yourself, if you say it's money, what are you going to do with that money? Why do you need that money? What is it going to What is it going to provide for you? What kind of lifestyles are going to provide? What is it going to allow you to do? And that really gets you closer to your big why. I know you and I have had a lot of conversations about this. Well, and for us, it's really about being driven by our family, by the time we have to spend with them. We want that flexibility in what we do. And it's not just for today, but it's for the long term. That's really our big why for our family, for our grandchildren and those to come. But it took us a while to figure that out. And for us, it was really doing what we loved and were passionate about, but also about creating that lifestyle that we really wanted to live. Yeah, absolutely. It really is about lifestyle and um, the, your lifestyle or the lifestyle you want really plays a big part of determining what your big why is. You know, clearly, you know, most people don't want to be poor or homeless. That's a given. But I would submit that most people really don't want to be excessively rich either. Well, you know, really what I should say is that not that they don't want to be rich, but they really don't want to put in the effort, take the risks make the sacrifices that really are necessary to achieve great wealth. Um, you know, of course, it, you know, if, if we won the ladder, lottery tomorrow, that would be great. But barring that happening, um, we've made the decision to um, balance work and life. Um, we could work a lot harder, do a lot of additional things, really drive the business very, very hard and have more wealth. But our big why, as you said, being family and, and spending time with family and really having that opportunity really balances against how much time we want to spend in the business. 
No, I agree. And I think a lot of people um, want to make more money, not necessarily, I've seen the shift, not necessarily for them, but because of their give back. That's part of their why. And you know, you and I have talked about that because for me, even if we did win the lottery tomorrow, our, I don't believe our lifestyle would really change because we have the things that are important to us. We might do a little bit more traveling and do a few more things for the kids. But overall, I don't think it would really change that much. But how we can support others and the give back would certainly change to a much higher degree than you know what we're able to do today. Although I think we do quite a bit. And it's that balance. Yeah, it really is that balance. And I, I would agree with you. I don't think it would change much. Maybe we'd work a little bit less. But I can't see us not working. I think that that's really you know, part of what drives us, what we're passionate about. But I think you're right. It's partly the give back. It's partly what we can we do for other entrepreneurs, for other people, for other folks that are less fortunate. We like to do those kinds of things as well. And you know, it's really what, what's important to us is that flexible work schedule. That's why I'm in this business. That's why I don't work a corporate nine to five job. Um, not because I don't necessarily want to, but because I like that flexibility of being able to go to birthday parties or school events for the grandkids or um, take the grandkids to lunch every now and then or those kinds of things. I mean, I spent a lot of years um, as I was learning. Um, I spent a lot of years um, traveling as a consultant. I was away three, four weeks a month. And that really took a toll. I know it took a toll on me, but it took a toll on the family as well. And and so having been through that type of lifestyle, I know I don't want to go back to that lifestyle. I don't want to go back to the 80, the 100 hour weeks. It's just not what drives me today. What really drives me, as you said earlier, is that work-life balance, being able to spend time with the family, being able to really enjoy the grandkids as they're growing. Well, I think it's also about doing something that you're passionate about, doing something that's helping others. The beauty of it is finding what you're really good at, what you love doing, and finding a way to do that and make it work for you in a way that has that balance that you're looking for. Because I know you get most excited when you're helping people create something, when you're learning something new and putting it together in a way that others couldn't even envision. That's when you're most excited and I think most content. I mean, other than when you're having lunch with one of the grandkids or having those conversations. But so it's, it's about finding what you love doing, finding a way to be able to do that in a way that makes sense for you and your family and all those around you. Absolutely. And, you know, in, when you figure out or you, you take some time to figure out what your big why is, you really want to start with um, what's the lifestyle that you want? What's really important to you? And don't worry about how you're going to generate money from that or how you're going to make that into a business. Because in today's world, there are just so many options for business. Um, with the advent of online businesses and just the availability of so many different options, we really do live in an incredibly rich time when you can really make a business out of just about anything in just about any media. So really start with what's the underlying driver for you? What really gets you up in the morning? What are you passionate about? Where do you want to spend your time? 
and now you're getting at the big why. Once you get there, then you can figure out how can you build a business around that? How can you build a life around that? No, I agree. And I've talked to so many people lately. When they get clear about their big why, it helps them then set their intentions of what they want to happen, what they want their business to look like. And I've talked to a couple people in the last week who really said once they got clear on that, things started to fall in place in ways they never could have imagined. People that they'd been trying to connect with for multiple years and had been unable to reach and it had been totally unobtainable literally fell into their lap in ways that they never could have predicted but i believe a big part of that is being clear on your big why what do you want to accomplish why do you want to accomplish it and how are you going to bring it all together and i think it's really important to understand you don't have to have all the answers the answers will come together when you put everything together in the perfect way and i think that's what's so important it really helps us drive ourselves our business and everything forward and you know we'd love to hear what your big why is what are you looking for if you go to our turn knowledge to profit facebook page under today's episode share what your big why is and if you're not sure what your big why is Put down what you think it is or put down what questions you have about helping determine what that is. And let's start a conversation because once you understand that, the world is going to open in ways you never expected. I absolutely agree. I mean, understanding your big why is so important. And you mentioned the idea of focus. Um, and I go back to the law of attraction. Really, to me, it's the law of focus is really what the law of attraction is. It's, it's focus on those things that you want to bring into your life. And as you said, somehow the right people are in the room, that you go to the right events, you start to see lots of opportunity around you to build that business, to build that life that really drives your underlying big why. Absolutely. And I'm excited to hear what people have to say. Again, visit us on Facebook at Turn Knowledge to Profit and let's continue the conversation. You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for a future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profits.